Hi, and welcome to Your Prosperity, a podcast series on financial topics, including tax, wealth creation, superannuation, lending, audit, and many other things that we deal with here on a regular basis at Prosperity Advisors. As with all financial podcasts, any advice you hear in this is general in nature and not to be relied upon. Please contact us for any specific advice. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today is the 14th of September, 2023. Something a little bit uh, different for the podcast today. We're going to talk a bit about international business. I'm going to do this as a two-parter. So we'll talk about if you're an Australian business, trying to do business in, in Asia, or if you're someone from outside Australia, trying to do business in Australia. So we're going to have two guests. The first part one, I will welcome Inez Liu. Thank you very much for joining us. Inez is from uh, Desen Shira, who is uh, affiliated with Prosperity, I guess, through our LEA network. Um, they specifically, I guess, work, or, well, Inez specifically works uh, in the in the Asia desk and head of the Australian group, essentially, for people trying to do business from Australia into Asia. So, Inez, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks a lot, Brandon. And it's so good to be um, in Brisbane, also with you in person. Yes, it's it's a bit weird. Normally these podcasts I'm doing it where I'm talking to someone anywhere else they could be, but uh, it just so happens three doors down from me and there's is currently sitting. So, uh, but the setup, it was easier to do it or you just do it over the screen. So, and as, um thanks for joining us. As I said, we'll put your, some details in the show notes on how people can uh, see, find you and get hold of you if they need to, but what, uh, probably kick it off. Asia, that's a big trade partner of Australia. What countries are we dealing with? What's where are people going? What's where are we where are Australians? Uh, I, I guess dealing with Asian countries. What are the what are the ones we're talking to? <laughs> yeah, so Australia actually is one of the largest uh, um, export economies in the world, and located in the South uh, Pacific. Um, and its main trading partners are within. Um, the Asian global market. Uh, so 12 of Australia's 15 largest trading partners are actually in the Asia region. So these partners account for two thirds of Australian total exports, which also reflect to, uh, we have seen Australian has so many trade uh, free trade agreement with the key Asian economies. Uh, I would say China is still uh, one of the hotbed, but it's not only one. And yeah. biggest trading partner, uh, and China is still, you know, the capacity uh, in terms of their market size, they can definitely absorb a lot of like Australian uh, products. Um, just in the past three years, many Australian uh, exporters have also diversified um, their markets to like Southeast Asia. Um, Southeast Asia now uh, to Australia, I think now is the second largest. So it's like a two-way trading partners after China, and it's ahead of uh, the United States and uh, India. Uh, so that's if we look at if, if we separated them out by you know if we said China was one, the rest mm. of Southeast Asia is essentially whole, the yeah. second la- largest, largest, which yeah. which makes sense from a geographical location. I guess they're they're near us, so they are a, an easy trading partner, mm. um, as it's a lot easier to to do business, I guess, with with this Southeast Asia because of our proximity. I assume that's one of the biggest reasons and probably something that uh, makes it easier. For, Definitely. For those, I think uh, geographically, yeah. lots of advantages uh, to Australia. And also, I think particular, um, just like two weeks ago, uh, Mr. Albanese uh, announced the government strategy for the most significant upgrade of Australia's economy engagement with yep. ASEAN for a generation. Uh, that's big um, because it's a very practical pathway to increase Australia's two-way trade and investment with Southeast Asia. 
yeah, because that, so that's hopefully going to to encourage more trade, uh, which well, yeah, both yeah. regions hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> um, just on that, I guess when we're talking trade with Southeast Asia, um, mm. by and and Asia in general. Um, I guess we're talking mining exports is obviously one of the biggest sort of ones, but there's a lot of a lot of professional businesses, I guess, who'd use and even other businesses, lots of businesses who used, I guess I'd call it an outsourced function where you might have maybe a marketing and administrative team and accounting bookkeeping background team, something like that, where you might have people in uh, an Asian country assisting do that for a, a lower cost of labor effectively to to try and do that. Is that what we're talking about? Both of those and everything else in between. <laughs> yep. So I think Australia is a country actually on lots of things like they're very, very good at it. Or like, a, for example, I think healthcare uh, industry, medical device, um, and also like I would say, uh, Australia's a country is like a uh, innovation uh, or technology hunger country. Um, yep. There's a lot of things like this Australian business can really, uh, you know, output not just the input, like output to other country. So like investment uh, towards to like emerging market, like Asia. So I think there are definitely lots of opportunities for Australian business they can go to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, and as Asia's, I guess, uh, a big, I would say 12 out of 15 trading, or 12 out of our top 15, that surprised me that number, but that's mm. that that would be right, I'm guessing. So uh, obviously a big, you know, a big trading region for Australia. So for any businesses out there who are thinking, can I expand and what can I do? And whether that's, you know, importing goods or, or exporting or whether we're, you know, labor, outsourced labor, et cetera, as I was talking about, that that's, I guess, a region that would be of interest and probably the first point of call if you're looking at doing some of that outsourced stuff, that'd be, that'd be absolutely where you'd look to go. So if, if we're looking at doing that, where... What are the considerations? What are the, some of the key factors we need to think about if we're going to be um, dealing with a trading partner, I guess, in Asia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I think for, for that question, I would definitely um, maybe rank like business environment or sometimes we call like uh, the ease of doing business in the country. That would be maybe the top um, consideration for like Australian business you need to kind of assess, you need to give like assessment. That's the first thing first. Um, maybe I think it's just um, the example, like uh, we, we have seen like there's a kind of practice for um, business, they choose Singapore as like an investment hub or just choose like a uh, yeah. like APAC headquarter. And one of the fundamental reason is Singapore government. Um, I think they really promoting like a pro-business environment. So they have the, it's conducive business ecosystem. Um, I would say this is the fundamental, but also very important um, factors to foreign business. Um, but, and so is that the that's more the government risk you're talking about? So is there a I guess <laughs> is there a risk the government uh, may not want that business in a couple of years or whatever it may be? That's the risk you're talking about. There is making sure you're aligning with a country that. Uh, that will and that is conducive to wanting to do business with Australia because obviously if you start something there yeah. and the government factors change, then that could be a big issue. Yeah, because I think it's a um doesn't matter where you are you're from, like Australia or other countries, you want a stable. So you want yeah. a, um the place you invest at least safe. Yes. So and that's I guess not only um the appetite of the current government that might be there, but that stability and that long-term mm. trading stability that Australia yeah. has probably had with that country. 
Yeah, also I think the vision and you see like it, you have progress and then you have uh, um, maybe the initiative or like the program or the policies to echo on that. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, like it reminds me, I think like the country, uh, those people um, uh, talk about like Vietnam. Um, so they are also like emerging market, uh, not just like being part of like a global supply chain or just like a low cost manufacturing center. Um, like supporting industry, I think they have a attractive a substantial percentage I mean, of like foreign direct investment to the to their country. Uh, then we started on seeing the government from Vietnam, though they also put like some uh, into actions, like the policies, they call like a supporting industry development program. Uh, yeah. I think it's um, maybe until like 2025, they still have different policies coming up. Um, so the program I think aimed to like, for example, to alleviate, um, alleviate um, domestic productions in uh, key manufacturing sectors, I think like uh, uh, automobile, textile, footwear, um, also, I think electronics as well. So the so the Vietnamese government, for example, is uh is really I guess encouraging of that is what you're saying. And mm. I think you mentioned we we're chatting just earlier before we jumped on this podcast. You were sort of saying it's a bit like China thirty years ago, where they're really they're really ramping yeah. up and encouraging people to to do business with their country. Yeah, they really make themselves like a more friendly. So things like they can see maybe oh that part is not that friendly, and they change. They try to have a more like a, the They're willing to make it more friendly <laughs> policies particular i think for foreign investment so what so vietnam's obviously one actually philippines are probably similar in that regard as well are they encouraging a business as well is that another one um i think compared to vietnam maybe the philippines um we don't really see that many um the the incentives like the in terms of like the from the government level um but yes i think the philippines i think is uh sometimes we see that market like uh, maybe compared to like labor force mm -hmm. um, labor workforce um and also um so comparably i think cheaper as well so if you want to uh set up like a maybe the back office uh to support um your yeah. business so I think the Philippines definitely is one so of the Philippines, maybe, and, and obviously there's lots of yeah. different considerations. Like India, but India, Philippines, for that sense, similar. So that yeah. we'll see lots of people choose them as their back office. So India, Philippines, a sort of back office set up people where Vietnam, pretty heavy on textile industry, motor vehicle, that sort of side of it, if you're looking at some sort of manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we're talking very broad level here, but yeah. Yeah, just I think Vietnam is a little bit different because Vietnam kind of like advantage to taking the role as like a top destination of China plus one. So yeah. they got lots of like advantage because I think geographically location, um, yeah, so they have, a, that's a, the benefit from, from that, like a manufacturing, yeah. And you mentioned India, obviously, you know, <laughs> over a billion people, is it's quite a big a big country and a lot of resource there. And they're a pretty big trading partner with, with Australia, I assume as well, given the numbers. Mm. Also, I think the 2023, uh, actually, I think it's came into effect this year. Um, they have India and Australia, they have the new free trade agreement. So, but there's yes. a lot of things going on. Yeah, I think even, uh, for example, the tariff to the premium, not all the Australian wine, but the premium Australian wine uh, will reduce a lot. Oh, okay. Mm. The first good for the wine industry out there. Mm. Um, and that, so we we have pretty friendly agreements, I guess, with most Asian countries. Or pretty much, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I assume we don't with things like you know North Korea. Obviously, we're not going to get yeah. out of those sort of trading <laughs> partners there. We won't get into that one. Uh, but most of the Asian trading partners, we'd have friendly relationships. And you mentioned much, yeah. uh, Albanese's, uh, I guess, talking more and, and and rebuilding that relationship with China that might have might have swayed a bit in recent times. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. that's good to hear. So if yeah. if we're looking at doing if one of the listeners out there, listeners of the business, looking at doing business in Asia. Okay, we 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 realize it's well anyway. We're realizing it's a bit of a hotbed is Asia because that's obviously where it's a location wise and price wise it's 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 a good mm-hmm. option for most of the time. Um, considering the country risk is probably the big thing as you mentioned. So which countries are going to be more conducive and for the longer term? Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend a lot investing in a country to start this manufacturing, training, back office, whatever it is, and then have a governmental change that will significantly impact what you're trying to do. So we don't want to do that. Um, once we've decided we want to do that, mm. I don't get on the phone and ring up Vietnam and say, Hey, let's do business. How do we, what are those next steps? How do we, mm. how do we start that process? So I assume there's structures, there's decisions to make about how you do it and different ways to do it. What, what are some of those? Mm. So then I think like it also depends on, I think what your business activities, like business are, could be also intended to do in a region, maybe slightly different from what do you do in Australia? Then I think you need to consider like a, where you want to set up. So like location on uh, the north or center or the south. I mean, if we're talking about like Vietnam, but could oh, be also country. like other countries. Um, and also maybe the IP, your intellectual property, your trademark, if it's a protect uh, properly in the country. I think particular for like a country's first to file country, not first to use country system. Then and also pretty good for those emerging market. I think that's also a very important thing you need to do or need to manage at the very, very beginning. Particularly um, I think, if you've got a unique product you're trying to protect. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I think Australia has so many good products, the brands, and also going to exporting to other countries. That's also quite important. Particularly, I think you, you do like online business e-commerce. So they can maybe just register or like the back page registration all the time. So that's so IP, IP issue. And also, I think what kind of investment vehicles um, you want to use, um, that we also kind of echo what kind of business in, uh, activities, uh, profit repatriation, if a property can get your profit from that country, but what kind of could be dividend, or be, if you're actually licensing something, maybe technology, know-how, maybe royalty payment or service fee, or like a, how do you fund your operation, maybe tax accounting, um, or if you are actually eligible for the tax incentive, um, yeah, and, and I guess that's important because if you're and if you're an Australian business and you're you'll be taxed on your worldwide income, but if you're oh. running an operation in uh, oh. in an Asian country, you'll yeah. be likely taxed there as well. And you want to make yeah. sure there's those dual tax agreements and you're getting the credit. Yeah, definitely. How much tax do you pay there mm. versus how much tax you pay in Australia? Yeah, sure the point. yeah. There. There's a lot of uh, I guess yeah, a lot yeah. that goes in the background. So. And and sometimes I guess it's do you set up a structure? Do you have a a company in? We'll stick with Vietnam as the example. Do you have a do you set up a company or a trust in Vietnam to employ staff to do the manufacturing, or yeah. do you just I guess liaise with an established entity that's already there, an established business, and outsource effectively through them? That's probably a consideration as well, I'd imagine. Mm. And also, I think the, the point you just mentioned kind of reminds me of like, uh, um, if you also want to use in like a holding company that also kind of related to if Australia has double tax treaty agreement with that mm. country, because otherwise, if uh, 
maybe there's no um, piece of substance or um, then you might not be um, eligible for the reduced tax rate because pretty yeah. much the city can be seen through. <laughs> yeah, so you might get a reduced tax rate in a certain Yeah, so that would be also a consideration to be uh, taking into account. Yeah, so because it's yeah, so it's more than just what structure. It's what yeah. I mean, you must deal with a lot of stuff. All the different countries, I guess, <laughs> understanding what is the better one, geo, you know, geopolitically, let's say, mm. geographically, geopolitically, but then also their tax system as well, and how you should structure it, what entity you should set up. Should you just go direct to a, yeah. I guess, to an outsource provider? Yeah, yeah, those considerations are, are quite significant. So. Yeah, it's quite a lot to consider. Um, yeah. And and yeah, appreciate that you're, I guess, part of our, as I said, part of our LEA network, which is which is fantastic that uh, that we've got you as part of the network to, so yeah. we can, if we've got clients who are looking at that, we can, uh, yeah. hopefully they've heard you on the podcast and they ring up and say, how do I get in contact with Inez? And we can, uh, we can line you up straight away to have a chat to see what, what could op options could be out there for you. Because it's definitely something that, you know, the, the cost of everything in Australia is going up. If it can be done, more efficiently and cheaper, I guess, in in an outsourced uh, environment or in in an Asian country is is likely going to be better for business in mm -hmm. Australia and a lot of factors to consider. And there's any other, I guess, trying to keep it short. If we went into detail on all of these topics, we'd be here for an hour. So keep it rolling along. I guess what any other major considerations people should think about, or is it just a you know depends on the industry, depends on what they're trying to do. Um. Then I think it's maybe um, there's something I think I just mentioned, like an investment vehicles, what kind of vehicles you, you want to adopt. So that could be also uh, setting up a present in the region. So yes. also you uh, you don't have to do that. So without a presence. So if you want to uh, set up your company, um, having a presence, they could be also um, categorized into um, profit, like it just generating profit activity or not generating profit activities. So sometimes you don't want to expose yourself too much. Um, you don't want to, um, too much liabilities. You can just having like market research, business development. Um, you at least have a company in the region and you can talk to your customers in the region and also we sign a contract also with overseas subsidiaries. Um, so normally we call like a representative office, even I think slightly different, maybe country by country. Um, yeah. Then you can also have, a, if it's um, very mature market and you know what you want, um, and you can set up your uh, legal entity, which normally I think limited liability company. Um, yeah, similar to so we have in Australia, just, limited yeah. liability company of yeah. some sort potentially there. But but as you as you rightly said, not not all situations are going to want that. You mm. might want to have it just you know, very low profit center over there providing yeah. some service to you, but yeah. not necessarily a full-blown operation over there. So, mm. yeah. So like if I think it's without entity, you, you have also uh, quite a few options. If you just want to sourcing like a maybe raw material uh, or some component. So you can just like a kind of using the country as like a sourcing center yeah. uh, or you are like a manufacturing, you can definitely just outsourcing the manufacturing process in a region. Um, I think also sometimes like uh, you are not really 100% sure if um, that's a market really fit in, um, but you have a, like a candidate or you can uh, potentially, re you really need to hire someone on the ground. You can also using like, a um, let me this like a, the concept of like an employer of record uh, or just, 
I think offshore hiring uh, to use like an HR agency to hire the people on behalf mm. of you. And then I think the people locally, um, their compliance requirement can be can be met. Um, yeah, so I think that we'll, we've seen, I think it's, that will be the structures normally for people. They wanna just enter the market for maybe for the first steps. And then yeah. if things going very well, you can actually set up your presence for the next stage. Yeah, so like a bit of a try before you buy or to ease your way into it. Uh, yeah, and particularly, yeah. it's you know it's important to make sure you're following the local rules and the local processes too. You don't you don't yeah. want to come in without you know just without help and mm-hmm. and really stuff that up. Otherwise, you might enter the country and not be allowed to leave the country. So um, yeah. it's important to get those things right and understand what the rules are in each in each particular country. I guess that you're you yeah. have if you have operations there you know, more so. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Inez, appreciate it. Uh, Inez Lou, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll put your details oh, up in the show pleasure. notes. But uh, anyone that's getting in contact with uh, Inez from Des and Shira, who are, as I said, part of the LEA network with Prosperity, so one of our one of our partner firms we can uh, we can give a call to. And head of the Australian Index, uh, Inez, uh, definitely knows what she's talking about there. And it's been great chatting you to you all day today, which has been yeah. handy. So thanks very much for that. Uh, thanks for joining us. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to know more about what we do at Prosperity, listen to some of the other podcasts. And I've got a uh, second part to this coming up with Charles Yarn, one of our Australian experts. Uh, He'll be talking about Asian countries or other countries looking to do business in Australia. So similar to this chat, but the reverse of. So, Mm. Nez, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Hopefully you liked it. And if so, please give us a few stars, like and share. And if you'd like to follow the series, please subscribe uh, and pass any information on to your friends as well if they, you think they might like it. For more information about who we are, head to prosperity.com.au and follow the links.